therefore represents the state of concentration without effort. For example, the state of consciousness where the center directing the will has descended, in reality it is elevated, from the brain to the rhythmic system where the oscillations of the mental substance are reduced to silence and to rest, no longer hindering concentration. Above a turquoise tide The beauty of a just world And the convenience of a lie I tore down that picture There is no other perfect life But in the dirt under my fingers Maybe something will survive When hope makes you bleed When life gets you down There's all the love you need Underground Make a way for the dark hearts To feel the love I found It's all the love you need Underground Writing is like magic, or more accurately, the practice of magic. Walter J. Ong describes writing as a technology that restructures thought. That seems like a pretty cool magic trick. As one scholar who has heavily influenced my own teaching philosophy and pedagogy, beginning with Walter J. Ong is an important moment in that Ong challenged us to think about writing itself as technology, as the act of writing, the learning of the mechanics of writing, the very ability to physically represent mental thought and share it with others um, as new tools that would forever change the way culture and society function. 1982 was a big year. Walter Ong published Orality and Literacy. Maxine Hairston declared a paradigm shift in writing about writing and teaching college writing, moving away from the product approach to the circumstances of that production. And I was born in that year too. I'll come back to this statement by Harrison several times throughout this document and attempt to evolve it. This shift to a focus on the process of writing dominated the field of writing studies for a long time. Sandra Pearl argued by the late 1980s that the scene of writing is more often understood not as a room in which a writer is isolated and alone, but as a room in which many voices reside, those that both shape the writer and to which the writer responds in return. Both of these points of view have extreme merit in my teaching philosophy. The process 
and the awareness of the process informs and creates the product and the product must ultimately be created as a social situated act. It is at the intersection of these two points of view where I attempt my magic trick in writing studies, the fusion of these two ideas into one cohesive project that does both. The podcast. What is a podcast? Much of the foundational work of writing studies, theory, and practice was done in the 1970s and 80s, well before podcasts were a popular medium. It wasn't until 2004 that podcasts really began to climb in popularity. These engaging, produced, far-reaching audio compositions are ubiquitous today. What other platform could bring together a former president and one of the greatest musicians of our age to talk about race, manhood, fatherhood, fathers, and money? I'm talking, of course, about the Renegades podcast with President Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen. Peter Vandenberg says in Taming Multiculturalism that if writers only concern themselves with producing, quote, good writing, the risks of that are twofold. Such a pedagogy, one, promotes a universal response to infinitely disparate rhetorical circumstances, allowing students to infer that standard procedures should yield uniformly positive results independent of an immediate context or the expectations of readers in a given context, and two, can erase a broad range of differences that students bring to the writing classroom, diminishing alternative ways of thinking, acting, and communicating in the world. Indeed, in my view, the foundational element of the teaching of writing must attempt to embrace process and product, but not at the expense of a diminution of alternative ways of thinking, acting, and communicating in the world. And this is the prestige of my trick. Podcasts allow room for all beneficial writing practices to occur. A podcast starts as an idea, an idea that comes from a writer who brings their own attitudes, cultures, identities, and personality to the table. From this idea spawns drafts, messy writings, revisions, collaboration. In other words, the writing process we all know and love. From this process comes a product, an outline, or a draft, or something. Research to fill in the gaps and offer support. Music to round off the rough edges. Then comes the audio. Recording, producing, tweaking levels, using the EQ to tone down those high moments, editing with audio. Then comes other voices, conversations, audience, interaction, sharing, publishing, comments, reactions, a dynamic, evolving, and ongoing discourse. Production art, creating thumbnail images, promotion, seeing that podcast living on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever seeing it grow its audience in real time, and then doing another one. And the trick goes on and on. The magician suddenly transforming the act of work into the act of play, as, quote, good writing should always do. I present this idea in another light. Look this way, says the magician, but don't look too closely. From their critical introduction in Relations, Locations, Positions, Composition Theory for Writing Teachers, Peter Vandenberg, Sue Hum, and Jennifer Clary Lemon offer this. Writing occurs through conversations and negotiations with others. They term this concept relations. Writing is shaped by material places and intellectual spaces. They term this concept locations. 
And writing reflects the contingency of our beliefs and values, and in doing so, composes identity. And they call this concept positions. Now, if those three things don't sound like a podcast, I don't know what does. Podcasts are a relatively new technology, much like writing itself once was. Drawing on the rich history of composition studies scholarship as put forth by the likes of Walter Ong, James Paul G., James Banks, Barbara Couture, and so, so many more, the teaching of writing ultimately transcends the magic trick and writers become the magician, creating a mystifying spectacle with their work, unlocking the mysteries of human connection and offering an entry point into theory of composition that is wholly unique to each writer. Okay, so maybe I went a little too far with the magician rhetoric there. I, I, I understand. Using podcasts in first-year writing courses goes beyond the process-product argument and instead offers a more comprehensive platform for students to compose on, through, and with, in their own ways, with their own lived experiences, their own dialects and languages, and their own agency. Podcasts dismantle notions of what good writing looks like and how good writing works. They offer experiences with process, product, relations, locations, and positions. The podcast platform gives students a chance to explore writing theory, to create writing, and to transcend the boundaries of the digital document margins. Quite a magic trick indeed. And now for my next trick.